The Press Box is here to catch you up on the latest media stories. Hosted by Brian Curtis and David Shoemaker, these guys have the insight on the biggest stories you care about. Check out The Press Box on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Here he is. Yo, man! Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer SC. I hope you're all safe and well, especially with what's going on at the moment. Hopefully, today we can provide a bit of a distraction. We're going to talk about penalties. We're going to give flowers to Marcelo Bielsa, as well as Christian Eriksen on his return to football. And we'll touch a little bit on the vibe around Manchester United and Arsenal as they chase top four. And my guests are Mr. Karl Anker and Flo Lloyd-Hughes. How are you doing, ladies and gents? Good. Are you good, Flo? I'm all right. There's a tube strike in London, so Uh-oh. I had to drive my girlfriend to her work, which was Uh-oh. interesting, but you know. What, I'm Carlton. Carlton. <laughs> I'm good. Yes. I'm good. I found someone in Manchester that does yerba mate, so I feel like the South American football players Yo- just drinking oh, my yerba mate. What, can you explain what yerba mate is, please? Because I see Messi with it and I see Suarez with it. And what, what is it? Is it kind of like some... It's like an herbal, it's like a herbal tea that uh, is very popular in Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Bolivia, uh, any place in South America where you might have a place that's got altitude. Yerba right. mate is really good okay. for altitude sickness and just settling your stomach. Mm. And, uh, is yeah. it nice? It's really calming, but also it's got loads Ooh. of caffeine in it. So I had some yesterday. Oh. I, I had some yesterday at nine o'clock and then I was writing, I got to maybe, you know, I was writing on, wait. I haven't had lunch yet. And looked at the time, it was three o'clock because it just sort of <laughs> completely got rid of my appetite. I was like, oh, this is dangerous. I've got to calm down here. Wow. But, so, uh, you know yeah. what I was going to say to you? Like, I got something just flashed up. Um, I think it's my grandson. My grandson done a done an interview for the for the Times. And uh, <laughs> and in it, he says, um, they ask, obviously, ask something. And he says, yeah, I'm kind of similar to my similar to my dad, but um, I'm a better finisher than my granddad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. And I just said, you know, the thing is, what people don't, don't realise is that this kind of confidence, this kind of <coughs> chess, Arnold Schwarzenegger chess, what he's saying it with, is something that I've got no problem with. You know what I mean? We always joke. We always joke about it. And even when we was younger, I remember we used to play football in the kitchen and, and literally, I didn't care. I let him, he could shoot and do anything he wanted and smash stuff and it weren't a problem. I let him just do all his stuff. But the, the confidence is something that when you are in a, an environment as well where 
everybody's in and around the same kind of vibe in the way they play and what they're doing and what they're trying to do, how much they're working. You need something else. Mm. Now, I genuinely believe that he believes that and that is what I need him to be because that's how he's, he's got to continue to, he's put that out there. He's got to strive to make sure that happens because you know something. When I speak to him, I'm going to say, do you know that's, that's for life now. You know, you, you might as well tattoo that on. Because <laughs> that's coming back to you every single time. I mean, you've seen him, you've seen him play. What, how yeah. would you rate his finishing? Um, you know something, what I like about his, his finishing, obviously being a striker, I was, I was in the box more and you know, you work on more clinical finishing, left foot in there, right foot in there for head and stuff. But he's clean, he's striking the way he strikes the ball um, from, from the position he's playing. Um, I like it. It's clean. It's clean. It's like when I watched, when, when I used to watch Sean, Sean could, when he struck it, when he caught it clean, it was, he caught it really clean. And um, DiMaggio does the same thing. But like I always say to him, you, you have to be doing more. You have to feel more. You have to be attain, trying to attain more. You have to be, what is going to take you to the next level? What's going to make you stand out? So if he's saying that, then he's going to be working on that. And that is what I, I, I'm really praying for with him. When I see him, he's going to know about it. Don't, 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 don't. You're going to see you're going to get in the garden and get the plastic goals out. Say, yeah. here we go. Here okay, we go. show right. me now. Yeah, yeah, Prove here we, it. Here we, here we go. Left foot, right foot. Come on. Come yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> can, I do, can we just quickly, I just want to touch on, on the Carabao Cup because I saw stuff going on in the Carabao Cup, guys, that um, was pure craziness. You know, firstly, obviously, we'll get to the Mendy, but Ariza Bilaga with the Virgil penalty. Because when we used to practice penalties, right, we used to tell the goalkeeper what side you're putting it. Okay. So I was then he, he was still standing in the middle of the goal, but at least he knows it's going there. So your penalty would have to be precise because he's going to be going that way and you know. So, it, you know, it was a much better way to practice penalties. To see Arizabilaga <laughs> standing in the corner and Virgil still put it in that corner and then it's the way that Virgil looked at him afterwards like what the ras <laughs> it was that kind of look and it gave him such a look of disdain it was hor- it was it was horrible Virgil's, it was horrible he's great at the look of disdain oh my so, god he's got a great look of disdain being as well. ever since he's come back from that knee injury he so he's never really been tested on that quick swivel to his mm. left so there was a bit in the Champions League against Inter where Mart- Laturo was running at him mm. and, you, and you sort of like, go on, run at him, run him, test mm-hmm. him, see if he can run. And you, you, could yes. tell, you could tell Virgil was beginning to warm up and was giving him the look like, He's I ready. Dare, like, I dare you, I dare you to run at me. And Martin is like, nah, don't fancy it. You know what's good what, what, what Virgil's doing now is obviously getting back to his, his, his full powers because he's got it now. Mm. He's, he's doing what you said there, Carl. He's doing the, we're going then, try. It's like when we had yeah. Leah. Like when Leah was on there, Leah Williamson, she, she said, you know, well, okay, well, go on then, try and take me on. Virgil's got that look and then you'll see forwards go and then they'll stop and yep. come out and pass it the other way. You know what I mean? And the same, like Mendy, the Mendy coming off of AFCON, coming off the penalties, coming off the fact that he's voted the best goalkeeper in the world. Tuchel, that's, he's, that's, he's slipped up there, man. Fuck. You, you I'm sorry, I'm not taking him out, man. What's Van Gaal? What Van Gaal doing? <laughs> Tim Krull foolishness. <laughs> Leave Mendy in the goal. You know? If, if I'm going to take a penalty against one of them two, I'd want to take it against Kepa simply because I know that he's a goalkeeper that I believe I can beat. Mendy frightens. Mendy would frighten me. 
See, that's so, interesting because, you know, the numbers and the stats all say Capoeira is the better goalkeeper on penalties. But the way that final was going. Exactly. The way that Mendy had played in that game, mm-hmm. the confidence that he had, the way that he had already prevented Liverpool so many times, yes. pulled of some incredible saves. That would have been in their head. Mm-hmm. That would have, They would have remembered, oh, well, he made that double save early on. He did this, he did that. He's just come off the back of winning the African Cup of Nations. Two of the players he like he knows well are in that team too. You know, I feel like that's why it, it fell down a little bit because like you said, Carl, tactically, you, you in some ways can't blame the decision because you think, well, Kepa's done it before. He's proved that he is a specialist penalty saver. But at the same time, the context of the game it didn't was work. way swinging you know towards Mendy. You know, the, the Canate penalty was alongside Timo Werner's probably probably the worst two penalties. Canati's penalty was absolutely perfect uh, for a goalkeeper to save. It was at that nice height. Um, it wasn't nowhere near the, um, the side netting. It went in, in the, it, went, it, it was in the middle of the goal and he got a hand to it. His hand got to it and he didn't save it. Mm. That, that, that for me was like, oh my gosh, this isn't going to work out. It's, he should have saved that because that's the, that's the reason he's there. You've got to, Seek out that penalty. Canate looked to me like, I just want to make sure I get this on. And the way he hit into that side of the goal, coming back in towards the goalkeeper's arm, says to me that he's just trying to take the best penalty he can. He went the right way and still didn't save it. It's a, it's, I think that, that that decision cost Chelsea the, um, the, 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 the game in respects of winning that game. I do want to say... The quality of some of those penalties was oh. sensational. I was my friend, my friend Liz posted on, and I know she listens to this podcast. So I'm going to out her, but my friend Liz posted on her Instagram close friends about how I think she was sexually attracted to James Milner's penalty. <laughs> <laughs> and I why? replied, why I replied saying, "Oh my god, some of the bend, some of the bend, and that's mm. why the camera angle. I don't normally like the camera angle it's this guy chooses. Why weren't they doing is, more? Some, why weren't they doing behind, more replays of float? They which, didn't do enough float. I know, I know. Yeah. Which I don't normally like that one where they go the kind of like FIFA first person route yeah. but actually for, for Sunday it was so good because you saw the bend, bend and the, on the swerve ball. Oh, it was actually it was actually orgasmic some of those <laughs> nice. it was unreal no, but some of them were awesome some of them were awesome it's like you know what I like I like looking at people when they when, when they when they when they're walking down towards it because you yep. can't replicate mm. that anywhere else when they're walking down towards especially guys when you have to take the penalty in other teams end Ooh, yeah. That, that's, you know because all the way down there you know we're talking about yeah, what's the, they, t- take us through it what's the fit is it sickness is it like what, how do you feel you know physically? what it is um, firstly firstly what you're doing the person before because you know the, you know the routine so you know who's going so yep. Flo you'll have taken yours so if I'm the, I, I was the, the fifth penalty taker so Flo would have taken yours so if you're the third and you score yours I know that Carl then has to go and Carl has to score because if Carl misses, then I'm scoring. It's all I'm, on you. Yeah, I'm. So you're you're thinking all that stuff. So then Carl scores, and then let's say they score. So yours yours is to to stay in it. All you're thinking, all you're thinking is I just I just your stomach goes in a in a, a really strange jelly kind of like feeling of butterflies. I don't know when's the last time you guys have had a, a butterfly feeling, mm-hmm. a butterfly feeling of this is really awkward, and this is where you have to. On that walk, compose yourself by the time you get to the spot. So you're going down there, you've got to blank out the fact that all of them lot want you to miss. Mm. Everybody behind you wants you to score. 
Everybody behind you know if you miss or something, it's over. Everybody knows if you score, you've won. You know what I mean? There's so much going on, which you have to try and focus on, like, just taking the best one you can. So what you've got to do is, especially if you're a penalty taker, is you've got to, once you get there, get the ball. It's like when you get a penalty awarded, when everybody tried, what they try to do is put off the referee, make you start thinking about stuff. So you get the ball and you don't do anything until the referee moves everybody. And then you slowly stop, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. Hopefully by then you're so zen, you're hoping the goalkeeper's not doing what fucking Kepa was doing, coming out and fucking around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that kind of stuff, it can annoy you, right? So it can, it can throw you because he's doing something. Once you've put the ball down, he should be there on the line. So that can throw you as well. So then all you're thinking of, and all I thought of was I knew I had three steps. I put the ball down. I, done, I put my, foot next to, my left foot next to the ball and done my three steps back. And I know exactly where I'm putting it. Goalkeeper's right halfway up the net. If he can get near that, then good luck to him. And then bam, <laughs> you take it. But look, and you went, you went same side every time, all your penalties? That was my stop penalty. Yeah. Because okay. I know that if I hit that one properly, he's not saving it. But then what happens with that one is if you catch it too much because the goalkeeper is a Mendy or a Schmeichel, which happened with me at Schmeichel in the Charity Shield, funny enough. Um, you, they're so good, you try to be too precise. It's like, mm. it's like Marcus Rashford. In, in the Euros, tried to be so... He actually got the goalie the wrong way, but the goalkeeper's so big in Donnarumma that he, he, had to, he was trying to be too precise. And those are the things you've got to not worry about. Because remember, goalie can still go the wrong way. So the main thing is, is to get it inside that, that post, inside halfway up, and then bam. You know, so... That's the, that's the thing, but like we can't, if we always- If you're listening to Maggio, there's your free workshop, <laughs> mate. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> the one thing we couldn't do in training was replicate the walk, but what we would say to the goalkeeper is what way you're going to take it. And that is why I go back to the Virgil van Dijk penalty because I saw Kepa standing in that side. And you know why it didn't make sense him doing that? Because he was so far over that side, Virgil could have easily just rolled it into the left-hand yep. side. He was far too mm. far across. Yeah. You know, I, like I say, it was um, one of those things where I think you know, just being a little bit too clever for your own good there, I think. That's the whole final, basically. Just a lot what of players about- being <laughs> a bit... It was, it was a really nice nil-nil, but there are loads of times I'm going... What no, about... On the ground, on the ground! <laughs> no, no, but what about Fabinho? What Fabinho's guy? Penenka. What a guy. What? I just, I don't think I could do a Penenka in that no. situation. I just, I just don't think I could. I used to practice them in, in training and it's, it's, I just, I got them wrong a couple of times and stuff like that. You can't practice that in training without the goalkeeper getting the ump and that. But to take a, a Penenka like that, I think the only other one I've seen that was amazing, there's two I've seen that I'm thinking, you're, you're taking the piss. You're amazing. <laughs> Zidane. He's at the World went, went Cup in, final. In a, <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I know, I know, I know we all talk about, oh, he got sent off on the head, but, but again, yeah, but he did a, a Penenka in a World Cup final. Cup, I, I know. And in then his Perlo. retirement game. Oh my God. And then Perlo's one against England yep. was just like, it was just, if there was anybody needed to stamp a little bit of class and this and that on, it was him. He just came up casually, bam, Penenka and just ran back. Just like, I've done my, just, it was, it was a beautiful a little thing. Little jog, just a little jog. Just a beautiful thing. So Bielsa's gone. I've got to say, he'll be sorely missed and what his football was and what Leeds were when he took them over. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of gutted for Leeds because I wanted, I wanted him to have more, but we know that he signs a one-year contract. He's not holding clubs to ransom in respect of um, 
okay, well, I'm going, but you're going to have to pay me all this. You know what I mean? He comes in and like, what was it? I saw it when he went to Marseille, Lazio, Lille, all of them fell out with the, the, the hierarchy and because of what he does and how he is and how the fact that he's a different kind of person. I remember Musa talking on a previous podcast about how he feels like one of the great philosophers that used to mm-hmm. always walk around the village at the same time of day. So that's how you could set your watch. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, Bielsa's here. It must be 4.15. Um, and he, there are so many great stories about Bielsa. He's one of those great custodians of football who basically believes that if you properly hand yourself over to this sport, you can achieve great things. Mm. And no, let me say that. You can achieve good things. He is someone who doesn't necessarily aspire for greatness but aspires for goodness. He sees mm. the good in players that have been dismissed before. You know, the, the statement from Calvin Phillips when he left was mm. basically, thank you, Marcello. You, you showed me things about myself that I didn't know. Wow. Um, and I remember he gave a, he gave a, he gave a speech, like a, a coaching thing. And he said, a lot of football is about failure. Essentially, you get to a place where you say, this team isn't good enough. I need to get a better football player in. Mm. Um, but he believed fundamentally he believed that football is about finding solutions and if you don't if you're always out there trying to find the best football players to solve your problems you're only going to solve problems in a certain way he said there are there are players out here who can very clearly solve your problems if you just show them how to do it yeah and it was that it was more than football to him it was about teaching it was about learning it was about and the fact he did that at Leeds Mm. during that you know we talk about doing a Leeds and how Leeds was regarded as uncoachable and how they were never going to mm. come up in the Premier League you brought the yeah. most stubborn strangest man in world football yeah. and you put do you think him- they would have got him if he didn't have all those problems with those other clubs because remember they were champ- they were in the championship and they got a guy what people are thinking is the oracle all that said no he hasn't won anything but what you're saying Carl makes so much sense about the way he sees and the way he he coaches. I mean, you think about the you bucket, know. right? Mm. He sits on a bucket during games and everyone's like, why is he doing that? And he goes, well, if you sit at a lower perspective, you have a greater appreciation for the passing angles of your players. He's wow. different. He just views stuff differently. And that's why Pochettino, mm. that's why Pep Guardiola, that's why all of these managers all go, mm. you, you spend like six months with him and you learn so much. There's the story about when he was at Marseille and they were doing shooting practice and he came out with six balls. And I know, what are you doing? He goes, well, if I give you one ball, if I give you loads of balls, you're going to take stupid shots from 35 yards out, 45 yards out, things you're not going to do in a game. If I mm. give you one ball each, I know all of you are only going to shoot like you would shoot in a game of football. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I had a university lecturer that would ask us questions and he, and they would go, I'm not asking you this question because I, I necessarily want you to find the correct answer. I'm asking you this question because I want you to think. Just mm. think about what this question means. Think about all the words in the sentence. Think about how it's making you feel and think about your background and, and how you come to that. And I think Bielsa's always like that. He very much sees the whole person and the whole player, yep. not just their ability. Yep. Mm. I saw this brilliant thread on, on Twitter yesterday about um, a lady and her ticket. And Stoke just came down. Leeds were, went to Stoke and that. And it was like, she was talking about it. It's like it was a seminal moment, his first game. and how Stoke were favourites to go back up and Leeds were what Leeds were because they've got this new sky that's come in and he's meant to change everything. But yeah, we'll see because it's a, it's a championship side, mid, a mid-table championship side Leeds were. And I remember 
I remember the game because I remember it really, really well. It was embarrassing how good Leeds were. And then you're thinking, okay, now I see why those guys are talking about it. Leeds were, they were like a pinball machine. Everybody was everywhere, moving stuff. And it's like when they came to play Arsenal in the FA Cup last season. And we, we beat them, we beat them, but I've never seen such a, a hiding. Mm. We took a hiding off of them and what they were doing. It's the same with, when you think of the Spygate, remember this, remember his oh explanation? My god, it, was, it was ridiculous. Oh my God. It was, that the was like- The PowerPoint presentation. Oh, oh my God, Flo. You know, listening to him unapologetically explain, well, what's the big deal here? I wanted to do this, wanted to see that, wanted to, and we were all up in arms. Oh my God, this is so unsportsmanlike. When he explained it, I was like, Jesus Christ, this man's different. And what I loved about that and how that, why that happened and, and how everybody was, apart from Leeds fans, Leeds fans embraced it and loved it because I remember when I was younger, remember it was dirty Leeds and mm-hmm. everybody hated Leeds and this kind of gave Leeds their siege mentality back. Yeah, well, that's what we do because people see we're dirty Leeds anyway. And our manager done that. But the way he then explained it, it kind of like took the edge off of everything and you had to say to yourself, well, we're talking about somebody who's, who's going in differently, man, mm-hmm. deep. You know, and he's somebody that should, as much as like it's, it's ended with the, with, the, with the sack for him, what he's brought to that club and that community is exactly what Leeds needed at th- that particular time. Yep. You know, you're hoping now that it can, it can move forward and, you know, Jesse Marsh can kick on and do his stuff. But what Bielsa, what he's done, I'm sure is for the Leeds fans is going to go down forever. They're going to love him forever. Yeah. Absolutely love him forever. They're, they're already talking about putting something in Ellen Road, a, per, a, a permanent tribute for him. Wow. You, you consider that you could find, you know, he went, he lived in a local area. He, he went to church. Mm. He went to Sunday service. They could find him there. He was, and he very much, well, I'm, I'm at church right now, but I could, I, I'll talk to you afterwards. And mm. there were times where he was walking down the street uh, and Leeds fans would call him God and he'd be very much like, there's only one God, but one I, God. I appreciate, I appreciate your compliments. I hope to see you down on the weekend and the community work he was doing throughout lockdown as well, which was amazing though. I think that there was a tweet about some, from someone who said Bielsa spoke to his dying mum over mm. lockdown and he mm. spent time out these day in that 110 day break, just calling Leeds fans and going, I hope you're okay. And we hope to be back soon. Um, he's, I, oh, I often remember there's this story from the Copa del Rey final between Pep's Barcelona and Bill Bao with Bielsa. And apparently mm. after the game, you know, they, they have a wine and a talk and Bielsa apparently gives Pep Guardiola a document on Barcelona. Mm. And she's like, look, yeah. here's, here's basically everything I scouted on your football team right. for this final. And Pep apparently reads it and just goes, what in God's name is this? You know my football team better than I know my football team. And apparently Bielsa just shrugs and goes, doesn't really mean anything. You beat us. I just always, he's, you think about the, the intense way he watches football, how he he watches an opponent maybe, he's watched maybe every single game of every single Mm -hmm. opponent in the championship during that promotion season, at least three times. His analysts and his data team all know they have to watch 90 minute games constantly if, if you've got a third choice keeper in for a game once he's going to make sure you watch every single game of the third choice keeper and it sounds exhausting right I can see why from the outside looking in you go this is way too much work for mm. like a mid you know a mid t- a table championship team or whatever but Bielsa was very much if you want to 
if you want to get to a higher level, if you want to do something good mm. and not necessarily mm. great, but good, if you want to be the best mm. possible version of yourself, then do the work, do the things that people aren't necessarily able to do. do right. It was, yeah. the, it was the whole thing of, yeah, there are people out there that are going to be richer than you. Yeah. There are going to be people out there that are stronger than you. There are going to be people out there that came from better means, but as long as you have courage and as long as you are willing to put in the work, you can be whatever you want. Look at Calvin Phillips yes. now. Look at Patrick yes. Bamford now. These are all players yes. that were written off for ages. And now they're England internationals because Bielsa basically showed them what you can do. Do you think there's a part of him that f- wishes he'd gone in the summer and wishes he could have gone on his own terms? Because I think that's the sad thing is that he's that- always in the past been able to kind of be the the master of his decisions. But to have that almost made for you, I think is, is, I, is a bit of a shame, isn't it? I, I, yeah. But I think, I think Flo, he probably, simply because of the way he's not relented on the fact that I remember watching them against Man United when Man United beat them six. Mm. Um, and it kind of like, it was one of the, the times where I thought, wow, that was, that was horrible to watch. And he's not relented. He, he, he played exactly the same way. So I'm thinking Flo, no, I, I, I think that, if they don't get rid of him, he probably carries on thinking that he can c- get it. He could get it solve right. the problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we, we can still go back to the fact that they're missing. I, I think we saw three of them on that. We saw Calvin Phillips, Patrick Bamford on the sideline, but his, his spine mm. was sitting in the, his spine was sitting in the stands. That must have something to do with something because when Calvin Phillips ain't playing, they're, they're, they're just a different team. When Patrick Bamford ain't playing, different team. With what he does up top for them, closing down, you know, in scoring the goals he started to score. Um, then Calvin Phillips in the middle, you know, dictating play, plugging gaps. You know, it's, you know, he's missing those players. So you're thinking, to answer your question, well, he's thinking, no, man, when these guys come back, I'll, I'll, it'll be fine. We'll get going again. And unfortunately, with, with injuries and stuff like that, when you're depending, it, he ran out of time. He ran out of time, but I don't think he would have changed and I don't think he would have left because I feel he would have wanted to continue to try to get Leeds out of a kind of free fall they're in. I mean, what, what's next though? What's next? Do you think this is, do you think he's, will go into, into a few years of quiet time and then come back again for another kind of, yeah, but another go? Or do you think this is it now, Carl? Bielsa's different. He can just, like, it wouldn't be rem- it wouldn't surprise me if he just lived out the next five years in Leeds doing nothing. Like just <laughs> nothing. Give, just giving, not nothing, but like giving lectures in a local university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? Fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, like Leeds is nice. He's just bought a new house in the local mm-hmm. area. I can imagine him just staying there. I can also imagine him going back home and just disappearing until... He's kind of like a monk, isn't he? He's exactly. like a monk of the football vibe, world. Yeah. You've, got to yeah. climb, you've got to climb the mountain if you're the hero. Yeah, you climb the exactly. mountain and he's there with his white hair going, ah, okay, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll teach you knowledge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've seen Leeds playing football matches. You know, you're thinking, my God, this is amazing. With players, they're ordinary players. You know, just seeing the way that they're playing in the system, how hard they're working in the system when it works how they're just absolutely running over teams, mm-hmm. running over teams. And you think to yourself, oh my God, is this sustainable? Can they keep doing this? But it was, the point I'm making is, it was unbelievable to watch. And this is why I'm praying that Leeds stay up because I don't want this to end 
like this for Leeds. I want Bielsa to be the person that brought them back here to the promised land, gave them what they gave him for a while. Okay, he's gone now. And Jesse Marsh can then take it on and then give them a bit more structure defensively and hopefully going forward, they could like press like the games he wants to play. He's a presser, he wants to press. And then they can stay here because if I'm really totally honest, Leeds is a Premier League football club and it's the kind of club that you want to be in the Premier League. I'm not saying that, oh, this one shouldn't be in and that shouldn't be in, but Leeds and what they bring should be here. So I'm hoping that he can come and turn that round for them because it's been magnificent up to this point for Leeds. Flowers for Bielsa. Well, we, what, what kind of what kind of flowers do we want? We want tulips. We want you know roses. Something? It's true. He should get he should get flowers for what he's brought. I, I think we've got to give him a, a massive bunch of flowers. Big a bouquet. Real big big bouquet. old juicy bouquet. Yeah, massive bouquet. The way he's gone out, he's left something. There's a he's, legacy, yeah, and that's the most important something. thing. He, de- he he deserves a massive bunch of flowers. Um, something happened this weekend, which was for me, um, it made my heart smile simply. Um, because Christian Eriksen came back to play football. And honestly, I, 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 was, I was so happy, you know, listening to his interview, listening to him speak, the love he got, everything what happened in that time, for, and now he's playing again. You know, it was, it was a beautiful thing to see. Fucking doesn't help that fucking Brentford player got sent off after 10 minutes or whatever it was. But I would love to have seen him start that game but to, just to see him coming back onto the pitch really made me uh, something happen I felt something very warm you know I don't know how you guys felt but like there was a, a beautiful thing happened it's a miracle it was pretty it's yeah it's, it's pretty miracle, it's it? pretty incredible when you think about what happened the reports afterwards how I'm sure you know lots of clubs were very nervous about about signing Thanking him yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, to, to then work his way back and also for, I think it's amazing, obviously we know that the Danish roots at Brentford are, yeah, yeah. are huge and I think it's amazing that they've kind of, you know, looked at that and said, you know, we can give opportunity to a Danish mm. footballing icon who's a superstar and has really transformed Danish football. You know, we can give him that opportunity and I really hope he, he has a, you know, good rest of the season with them and so maybe there's another contract there for him in the long term. But I mean, what a story anyway, mm. even just getting to this point is, Absolutely. is incredible. Amazing. So I didn't watch the incident in the Euros. Um, I remember telling my friend who didn't react to it in the best way, just like, you need to go outside, take your shoes off, just go walk in the garden, mm. calm down. And I remember when it was initially announced that he might consider playing to foot, coming back to football, I was really quite scared about it. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't even need Christian Eriksen to be amazing. I don't need to be Spurs version Eriksen. I don't need to be mm. into version Eriksen because there's this great American sporting term about when an athlete finally finds their bliss and they're just in a place where they're like, you know what? Every game, is means every day exactly. I do it, this thing is yeah. just nice. It's yes, blissful. Carl. Yes, and bro. It'd be great if Brentford stay up because mm. I want to see more of that team. They, they, they do football in a way that, that's slightly different. And I think the Premier League's always richer when there's more variety. That kind of vibe, isn't it? Yeah. But, but it's also very ruthless. And it's just like, you know what? If Ericsson wants to do this and this makes mm. Ericsson happy, then go for it, my man. Please. Absolutely go for it. Honestly. God bless.
So, Carl, we've got to talk about Man United because, like, you know something? The other day, right, guys, is I, I, I said, you know something? Arsenal fans came for me. They, they weren't cooking me. They were just kind of like sizzling. They just warming the pan up, right? But the fact is, is I said, um, listen, Man United, I, I do fancy Man United to be in fourth because Man United have got the firepower to do it. I am not going to put pressure on Arsenal, this young team, who I said at the start of the season, I'd be delighted if they could get into top six and I, nothing's changed. I'm hearing ex-players and people talking about where that's where Arsenal should be in this and that. With everything what Arsenal have done since Wenger to this point, Mikel's the only one who's come in and he's actually got the ship back on course. And now he's got a young team. They've done a lot of sorting out. And I, for one, am not going to be the person that's going to be there saying, oh, Arsenal should be fourth and Arsenal should be... Arsenal, if they get fourth, I would be ecstatic. But Arsenal are on the right path. And that is why you will not hear me talking about Arsenal, um, saying Arsenal are going to finish fourth and why I'd say Man United would. And it's not just because I don't want to put pressure on. It's I genuinely believe that Man United at any stage, for me, Carl, can click into the gear because of the personnel that they have. And Arsenal, you know, we've seen results like we couldn't finish off Burnley. Yes, we dug in there and beat Wolves in the end. But Man United, the amount of chances they're making, the fact that they have got so many match winners is why I said that. And I'm not going to change that. Yeah. I'm just going to sit, I'm just going to sit back and let you guys handle this one. <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? This one is weird because we've been here for the last three years, right? Yeah. This is a long running conversation between Arsenal and Manchester United in that Arsenal was very clearly trying to build, you know, trust the process, yep. you know, trying to build a foundation and build a house. Whereas Manchester United are constantly going, when are they going to click? When are they going to click? Which expensive, next? Yep. which expensive football player is going to do it now? Which expensive football player is going to do it now? And when I'm at the Athletic and I'm you know, talking to fans and I'm online, I'm around Old Trafford, something that happens pretty much every February, March time is a fan will go, we need to spend 300 million, 400 million to fix this, right? And you bear in mind, Manchester United are maybe the most expensively assembled squad in world football. This current wow. squad is maybe wow. the most expensive squad in world football that exists. It, it's top three easy, right? And you are, you Manchester United right now have an interim manager. They've got a brand new CEO. We don't know who the, the future manager is. Mm. And United fans are saying, oh, we need another right back. We need another mm. left back. We need, we need some, a midfielder, we, obviously. We, we need some, we need a midfielder. We probably need two. And we need another striker. Striker. And, Wow. And, and last season, they were saying, we need another right back. We need yeah. a midfielder. We need a right winger. We need a striker. And the year before that, we need this one. We need Fucking this one. And you're up. going, Man United have spent big money on a striker in 2016 when they brought in Ibra. 2017 mm -hmm. when they brought in Lukaku. Mm -hmm. They spent big money again in 2020 when they brought in Cavani. And they've bought, mm -hmm. spent a lot of money again. Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo and we're going to get to this summer and they're going to have I to do it again it's, it's at least number three on the priority list right and it's that thing of I there have been times when I've watched Arsenal and I'm going this ain't this is too clever Arteta is too is a, is a substitute teacher and, and he can be dismissed whereas hmm. what Man United are doing yeah okay it's spending a lot of money but it works in the Premier League because in the Premier League essentially money can be a lot of things. If you look at Newcastle right now, Newcastle have just gone from their longest ever losing streak mm. 
into their longest ever winning streak back to back. Like that's their longest streaks in a decade because mm. in a, in some shape or form, something happened in, in January and then, oh, okay, let's uh, spend a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, I'm not saying Arsenal are, are pleading poverty or whatnot, but a lot of times in football, you don't get to see the final product, right? You don't get to see the end plan. We, we've had Arsene Wenger here say, you know, he didn't quite, there's, you know, there's at least one missing Arsene Wenger Arsenal side. There's at least one missing yeah. uh, Alex Ferguson, Manchester United team. There's at least one missing Pochettino Spurs team where certain parts didn't come in at a certain way of the ways. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting watching Mikel Arteta get the time, get the space, yeah. get past that weird bit. Because every manager has that weird bit where you're going, nah, 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 bin it off, bin it off. It's yeah. not working. You're not going to get top four. You're not going to, you're not going to achieve your goals. Let's just, let's just poo poo this and here's your P45. And there's definitely points this season where looking at Arsenal, you're going, what are you doing? Yeah. But he's fixed it. I mean, Aaron yeah. Ramsdale, well, that's what they said with Aaron Ramsdale. With, we said um, two weird. Tommy Yasu, <laughs> you know what I mean? With Tommy Yasu, you know, the, the, the way that, um, the way that he was lambasted, um, people laughed at us, in fact, um, with, with the signings. You know, everybody, even with the, the Oba, everything was happening with Oba. We saw mm-hmm. what happened before with, with Urza. He's had to clear out a lot of stuff that we don't know what, what's gone on. But like, you know, he's done it. You know, even with the Oba, we, we need goals. Yeah, he's got rid of Oba. We now see that Oba has, has got goals in him because he can't stop. <laughs> he's scoring. having fun in Spain. <laughs> he's having so much fun. Obviously, he needs the heat. But the fact is, is that Mikel makes decisions for the club and for the team. Mm-hmm. And like whatever, whatever Arsenal say and whatever people say, and like I say, we are for me, we're we're on course. We're on course for six. Like I said. He's, he, we now, I can see what we're trying to do. He's bought, obviously, he's bought young. We've got a lot of high ceilings on some of our players. Our players could go and be whatever they want to be. He's got a style of play. We're somewhere now, and hopefully in the summer, um, more things will happen that can bolt onto this team and what this mm-hmm. team's going to try and do and continue to go forward. Whereas then you look at Man United and like for the last four years, they're saying the same things. So, what they're gonna they're gonna do exactly the same thing again. They're gonna are, are they gonna get the defender? Are they gonna get that midfielder finally? Are they gonna get a striker that they can say that's the striker, not Cristiano Ronaldo, who's gonna be here for we don't know how long because we're already hearing stuff like is he even gonna be there at the end of the season? What's going on? Cavani's whole vibe has changed since Cristiano Ronaldo's come. You know what I mean? Everything's kind of been skewed by the way things have turned out since Cristiano's come there. And Man United look to me like they've still got unbelievable players, but I still don't know what the main, what the main, what the main, like, like obviously the interim manager, I don't know what the, the system is. I don't know what the formation mm-hmm. is. I don't know. I, you know, it's still exactly the same and it shouldn't be like that at this stage. And I still believe that with what they've got, Carl, they could still finish fourth just because of the players they've got. I got a wonderful piece of advice a couple of years ago. Um, so at the start of every year, I'm, I write like a little note in my phone and it just says good things that have happened this year. And as it goes over, I always Love add that. nice, I always write, you know, oh, well done. Wow. I've done this. I've done this. I've done mm. this. Because uh, my friend told me in life, bad things often happen in like big, discreet moments, right? Mm. So 
you know, you're making breakfast and, and you, you drop a plate and ah, mm, yeah. that's a really obvious bad thing in my day. Or you burn, you burn your tongue on your coffee. Like you miss <laughs> your bus. Like they happen in that bad things are really clear and obvious. VAR, blah, blah, blah. Whereas good mm. things often happen slowly, like grains of sand. Mm-hmm. And you only really notice that you've done a good thing after it's happened. And it's not like that one crash bang. Oh, that amazing thing's happened. So, oh yeah, three weeks of really hard work's paid off. I finally learned how to do that song. Mm-hmm. I finally learned how to do this. And this is why we always talk about Man United, because you're always expecting them to click. You're always expecting that big, yeah. huge game mm-hmm. against the top tier opposition. And it happens and mm-hmm. it just stays there. Whereas I think the thing about Arsenal is the good things just happen slowly over time. Mm-hmm. They slowly figured out that defence. They slowly figured out passing from the back. They slowly mm. figured out goals from midfield. And now they're, sl- mm. you know, they're going to slowly figure out what they're going to do with, with striking. And that's mm. why it's so weird. In a Premier League now where, what, your average manager gets 18 months in charge? Mm. Thomas Tuchel is top 10 for managers in charge in the Premier League already. Every, I think there's maybe three, I think 10 teams in the Premier League this season have changed managers from their manager at the start of last season already. And that, that's why Arsenal is so weird. It's not, I understand, I understand waiting for someone to click. I understand, you, you know, looking at United and going, well, they've got a 50 million pound player there. There's a 73 million pound player there. Any point in time, they're going to put it top bins. It's going to work. Yeah. Cohesion is, is worth its weight in gold, my friends. Yep. Mm-hmm. Carl just drinking his tea over there. <laughs> the global pressure that Man United have um, of having to achieve. Arsenal have got the time to be able to do what Mikel has done. I don't think that, any Man United manager in the current climate without the people upstairs to help him with the football side of things could come in and get the time to do what Mikel has done because they just won't have that patience. I think Arsenal, Arsenal fans have learnt that patience and this is why, like I said from the start, I will not put this young team and this young manager and this young administration above them under any more pressure than they need. They don't need any more pressure. What they're doing now is brilliant. They're finding ways to win at the moment. And the reason why I said Man United is simply because, like I said, they've got players who are match winners. They can win matches, bam, just like that. I'm not going to let you reverse jinx me, so I'm going to say Arsenal are the favourites for top four instead. <laughs> so you can play that game. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It's like when you, you see people, they love their team so much, they say, no, nah, we're not going to win anyway. I don't care if we win anyway. I don't care, but you're desperate for your team to win. And I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't want us to get to top four, but I don't want to put pressure on that team. I want us to carry on doing what we're doing because something is working. Something's working for, for Mikel. He's got it right. And I believe that him going to see um, Stan um, um, when, whenever he went in January, wherever it was, um, something hopefully will happen um, of magnitude in the summer. That's what, well, I'm, that's what I'm hoping. Let's give it the flow. Top four is. Yeah. It looks like Chelsea's going to get third. Arsenal got a couple of games in hand. United just yeah, but that's Tottenham, and Tottenham and Chelsea, though. And yeah, so flows right now. Who, yeah. who do you who do you think is going to end up in fourth? Without looking at their their run of fixtures, which I haven't really looked at in detail, I would say on hunch, I I think it's going to be Manchester United because I think they're just jammy like that as well. <laughs> and I think we've got Tottenham, Chelsea, and Liverpool. I think the Arsenal that we know, the the modern, like super modern Arsenal that we know, 
they're not ready for that yet. They're not quite there yet. Like Ian said, with what they've shown this season, struggling to put away teams. That Burnley game for me mm. was a crucial turning it's, point yeah. because yeah. they were on a really good run up to that point. And it was like, mm. right, lay down a marker now and you seriously put yourselves in the driving seat. I think the, 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 the win against Wolves the other night and uh, the game that Molyneux as well, mm. huge, mm. huge. But I still feel like United are going to do it because they're just jammy like that. And, and Arsenal creating weren't some one. chances. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bro, Arsenal aren't great enough ch- as well. The chances that... And the thing is, the people who you'd want to get those chances, Ronaldo and Bruno, are missing not half chances. They're missing clear-cut chances. Clear-cut chances. That's not going to happen continually. So that's going to happen. They're going to beat a team four and five soon. Easily. Four fives. Because them, them two, it should have been four or five the other day against Watford. So United have know. City, Spurs, mm-hmm. Liverpool mm. this month. And it's other going to be driven there as well. It's going to be a great month of football. Mm. What can I say? But thank you for coming into the house. What are you doing for the rest of the week, Flo? Uh, I've got double Arsenal women this week. I'm at wow. Boreham on Wednesday and Sunday. And I'm at the Conti Cup at Plough Lane. The wonderful Plough Lane uh, on Saturday nice. uh, evening at five. So nice. a lot of women's that, football this week. That should be cool. What about you, Carl? You, you, you busy, bro? I'm going to London later this week to get a visa for a secret mission I'm doing. Nice! He's going undercover. He's going undercover. I'm I'm doing a secret mission and it involves me to go overseas. uh, Wow. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to being able to tell everyone what the secret mission is. Well, we can't wait to hear it, Mario. Just be safe with whatever you're doing, guys. Thank you very much. And I'll speak to you you soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God bless. Love you. God bless you. Love you. Love you. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed that show. Thank you very much to Flo Lloyd Hughes. Thank you very much, Carl Anker. We'll see you again next week and spare a thought to everything that's going on at the moment. But like I say, at the start of every show, stay safe, stay well. God bless you.